Taiwan reported 2,386 local COVID infections on Wednesday. That figure, a new high, represents a rise of 40 percent from the day before. Health Minister Chen Shizhong says the daily tally will continue to set new highs in coming days, eventually hitting 10,000 cases a day by the end of the month. The CECC says it plans to waive home isolation for some contexts of COVID cases. It plans to exempt all essential workers in the seventh priority group who test negative for COVID-19. Let's hear from Minister Chen. Our critical infrastructure can't just stop operating. Society still needs these services. It's like at the beginning, when we asked essential workers to get vaccinated. It was so that society could keep on going without too much disruption. Earlier this month, the CECC already waived home isolation for medical staff who are triple vaxxed. Medical workers no longer need to isolate after coming into contact with a COVID patient if they test negative in a PCR test and develop no COVID symptoms. They can return to work but will need to take PCR tests on the 3rd, 7th and 10th days after their last contact with the infected patient. So potentially, how many people could be infected in the current surge? Experts say Taiwan could see a total of 7 million COVID cases in the future. They say that booster coverage is likely to reach 70 or 80 percent at most. Going by a coverage rate of 70 percent, the remaining 30 percent, or an estimated 7 million people, could remain vulnerable to infection and 23,000 of them would be at risk of a severe infection. Experts say that to prevent hospitals from becoming overburdened, Taiwan must find ways to flatten the curve or to slow the speed of viral spread. In an interview conducted via teleconference, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe warned that Taiwan could see a total of 7 million COVID infections in the future. The number of infections has already surpassed the previous Taiwan record. Right now, the RT number is not so high. But why are our infection numbers shooting up? This means there are many outbreaks in the community that have not been caught. It means there are now too many sources of infection. On Tuesday, Taipei City Hospital Superintendent Xu Da-chen offered insight into what Taiwan could expect to see in the future. He said Taiwan's booster coverage is likely to hit 70 or 80 percent at most. A 70 percent coverage rate would still leave 30 percent of the population, or about 7 million people, at full risk of infection. He added that in South Korea, about 30 percent of the population had caught COVID. South Korea saw an extremely big outbreak. Already, the total number of confirmed cases has reached 30 percent of the population. In other countries, this sharp rise and fall of infection numbers occurred over a time frame of four to eight weeks. 
we could expect Taiwan to see 23,000 severe COVID cases. Taipei would see about 2,600 cases, or an average of 50 cases per day. In some countries that have lifted COVID restrictions, the number of COVID infections has surpassed 1 million cases. But the factor to look at is the time period. If cases go up slower over a longer time period, that wouldn't have a severe impact on our health system. That would be among the best-case scenarios we can expect. Experts say COVID efforts now should focus on preventing sharp spikes in infections so that the health system doesn't collapse. The CECC has loosened its rapid test requirements for people undergoing home quarantine or isolation. Starting Wednesday, only one rapid test is required during the 10-day quarantine or isolation period instead of four or five. Also on Wednesday, Taipei City expanded its home isolation program for mild COVID patients to all 12 of its administrative districts. Call after call comes into the care center. On Wednesday, Taipei City expanded its home isolation program to all 12 of its administrative districts. Snacks, instant noodles and rapid tests are all part of the care package provided to COVID patients. When patients need medical attention, a virtual hospital provides video consults and medication delivery services. When you feel discomfort and it's an emergency, you can call 119. If you need general medical assistance for a slight discomfort, you can contact the Taipei City Hospital System for a video consult. In addition, Taipei has set protocols for garbage disposal. The city has contracted a private company to collect each patient's garbage for up to two times in 10 days. According to the head of Taipei City Hospital, the COVID wave will result in 23,000 severe cases across the country, 2,600 of which will be in Taipei. If Taipei gets just 50 severely ill patients a day, its medical system would become overwhelmed, according to the hospital chief. The mayor has a full grasp of the epidemic's developments and all the relevant needs, including the hospital capacity requirements. There's no need to worry about this. Right now, we're basically taking the workload of the health department's disease control unit and distributing that across all 12 districts. We're further integrating the work of disease prevention with local administrators. Geelong City has also launched a home isolation program with personnel across a range of departments. All cities and counties must launch their own programs within six days. In related news, the CECC has loosened the rapid test requirements for people in home quarantine or home isolation. Instead of taking a rapid test four or five times over 10 days, individuals now need only to test once, just before their release. The CECC said the policy will be adjusted on a rolling basis. With local COVID cases rising fast, the CECC will let all of Taiwan's mild COVID cases isolate at home starting next week. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan says his city is fully prepared for the policy, which is already underway on a trial basis. Patients get easy access to medical care and immediate support for their everyday needs. The city of Taoyuan is pulling out the stops to protect COVID patients as they recuperate at home. This COVID care package is filled with supplies, not just an oximeter and a thermometer, but also instant noodles, crackers and firm tofu, a popular local specialty. Home care is set to roll out for mild COVID patients nationwide. To implement the policy, Taoyuan has established a detailed SOP. 
this website supports electronic medical records and virtual consults. Doctors can also write prescriptions online. Even at home, patients can receive comprehensive medical care. Enhanced telecare services are available to children. We are basically divided into four regions, the mountain, the coast, the south and the north. Whenever a COVID diagnosis report is received, it is sent to a hospital. We have three designated hospitals that provide 24-hour emergency services to children. Besides providing medical care, the city government has integrated its local resources to help isolating patients with their everyday needs. We can offer emergency assistance, garbage removal, quarantine taxi bookings and so on. Each district office has a care hotline and a service center that look after people isolating at home. With an integrative and adaptive approach, Taoyuan is mobilizing its resources to support its residents through the pandemic. Pharmacists want the government to raise its subsidy for prescription deliveries. They say home deliveries take up a lot of time and labor, especially in rural areas. Currently, the government is offering a 200NT subsidy for each prescription delivery. Pharmacists say that from dispensing to delivery, each prescription takes at least half an hour to handle. Pharmacists also have to take a rapid test before and after their deliveries. They say that 200NT is not enough to cover the cost of their time, rapid testing and transportation. As the war in Ukraine reaches a stalemate, China is rethinking its strategy against Taiwan. That's according to a new report in the Nikkei, a national newspaper in Japan. The report cites a high-level CCP source who says that Russia's slow progress in Ukraine has been a warning for Beijing. As a Taiwan invasion now seems harder than imagined, China has shifted its goal to shutting down the Taiwan independence movement and boosting its nuclear capabilities to deter U.S. intervention. Responding to the report, Taiwan's defense minister said he fully expected China to change its strategy. The minister said that no matter how China's tactics change, Taiwan will always have countermeasures at the ready. Almost two months have passed since the start of the Russia-Ukraine war. Though the Kremlin planned to quickly take down Ukraine's leadership, it's found itself in a protracted war of attrition. According to a new report, China has turned pessimistic about a Taiwan invasion and could be about to change its strategy. Cases and examples in other countries are good learning opportunities and we will certainly seize opportunities to learn. China will definitely change its strategy. How it will change its strategy is something we will investigate. Will they attack the outlying islands? Will they attack Taiwan proper? The main task of our military is to train for combat. The point of national defense is to defend against this. According to the Wall Street Journal, China may choose to target Taiwan's undersea internet cables. Taiwan's communication cables connect to land at four locations on Taiwan's coast. Danshui and Bali in the north, Tochen in the east, and Fengshan in the south. Taiwan sends and receives about 95% of its internet traffic through these cables. If China were to destroy these communication links, Taiwan would be left disconnected from the world. The undersea cables are very long, so even when underwater sonic drums are installed to detect disruptions along the cable, they take a long time to come to the rescue. Protecting these undersea cables 
cables is very hard to begin with. To maintain an internet connection, all countries have backup systems, both for war and peacetime. Taiwan is also prepared. We've done a pretty good job at that. According to foreign media reports, China has set up a new radar system in Shandong province to scan the skies to its northeast. That means China can detect any activity in the skies of Japan, South Korea, and Russia's eastern regions. Combined with its radar system targeting Taiwan, the new system gives China a full grasp of all missile movements in Taiwan, Japan, and South Korea. Which weapons do they have that don't cover Taiwan? Whether we're talking missiles or China's other weaponry, they can all span the distance. This is an issue we're always monitoring. We're watching closely at all times. The defense chief says Taiwan closely tracks China's every move and has countermeasures for every Chinese strategy. ICDF, or the International Cooperation and Development Fund, is an NGO that helps developing countries around the world, with a focus on Taiwan's diplomatic allies. To raise public awareness of its work, ICDF has launched a series of interviews featuring its staff. In the first episode, we meet ICDF Secretary General Timothy Xiang, who speaks about the hardships of foreign aid missions. This is Timothy Xiang, Secretary General of the Taiwan International Cooperation and Development Fund, or ICDF. He began his relationship with the organization more than 20 years ago when he was working at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. When I first took up the position of section chief in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I was in charge of business affairs related to ICDF. Later, I continued to serve as the Deputy Director General of the Economic and Trade Department. So my first encounters with ICDF included various meetings, as well as technical inspections that I conducted with my colleagues. Xiang said that ICDF encounters much hardship when carrying out aid missions overseas. I still remember when I was at Nauru. Under what was the domestic policy at the time, we were promoting a so-called 360 project. That is to say, our three-year goal was to bring six products down to zero imports in order to help Taiwan's diplomatic allies partially sustain themselves agriculturally. Of course, the environment in South Pacific countries is different, so it was very difficult. But our technical teams did their best. With everything from produce selection to agriculture promotion, they did everything that they could. ICDF provides four main types of assistance, technical cooperation, humanitarian assistance, lending and investment, and international education and training. Through a series of YouTube interviews that will be launched every month, the ICDF aims to raise awareness of Taiwan's assistance to foreign countries. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Lu Wotong in Taipei. The Japanese yen has fallen to a fresh low against the new Taiwan dollar. On Wednesday, the Bank of Taiwan's exchange rate hit 0.22 NT to 1 yen. That's the yen's weakest level against the Taiwan unit in 25 years. During early morning trade on Wednesday, the yen tumbled to 129.4 versus the U.S. dollar. Reaching 150 can't be ruled out, although the possibility is relatively low. Around the 130 to 135 zone, the yen will start to stabilize. If it really reaches 150, then Japan will no longer be driving exports by depreciating its currency, which was the original intent. Instead, you'll have a situation where businesses no longer know how to hedge the risks of the currency. 
The yen has been on a downward slide since last October, when it fell below the 0.25 level versus Taiwan's currency. Say if you exchange 100,000 NT today, you would have gotten 454,545 yen. That's 84,175 more yen than you would have gotten last January, which means you would have earned the equivalent of 18,500 NT. But experts say that it will pay to, to wait longer. They expect the yen to continue to fall to hit the 130 mark against the greenback in the coming days. Spring is here and it's plum harvest time. Farming populations are getting on in age and new business models are needed. In Shishang Township, Taidong, farmers are branching out into agricultural tourism to give visitors a chance to get closer to the food they eat. The harvest is smaller than usual, but the fruit is as tasty as ever. A tourist stands up on tiptoe to pluck a green plum from the tree. With a bundle of plums in their arms, farm visitors are having a ball. March and April are the plum season here in Taidong. January and February saw several cold spells, and though plum blossoms were plentiful, the cold southerly winds brought lots of fruit down from the trees. Luckily, abundant spring rains produce fruit that's larger than in years past, and the price is higher too. They're bigger, and the harvest from handpicking is better than last year because the trees didn't produce much fruit, so the price will be higher. Although the fruit-picking force is gradually aging year by year, local farmers also see lots of opportunities for new projects. Many are diversifying their services, planting rare edible herbs, and offering farm vacation experiences, bringing in new visitors to Chishang. The older farmers have turned it into a new format, i.e. agricultural leisure. This is six-star agricultural leisure. Number one is produce, number two is processing, and number three is farm experiences. We used to do it all ourselves. Now we do farm tourism experiences. More people know about us here. The plums picked are washed clean. And their stalks removed with toothpicks. Then they're pickled in a sugar brew to become a distinctive plum drink. These DIY processing workshops have been designed as farm tourism for visitors, allowing guests to get a taste of farm life and come in closer contact with the earth and the folk who produce their food. The latest exercise craze has taken shape in Japan. A reality TV show has popularized the so-called up-down regime. It claims to make ambitious weight loss possible and fast using just two simple movements. But can simply bending up and down really transform your body? We spoke to Dr. Kang Jun-wei of Taiwan Adventist Hospital for a second opinion. The trainer counts from one to five. Stand up on tiptoes and stretch your arms up. The up part of up and down will fit in every home. You mustn't let your knees collapse in. Keep them pointing forward like your middle fingers and bend down. Then it's a deep squat for down and gently repeat five times. Then speed up. 
up, down, up, down until the two parts become one fluid movement. Some students appear to get incredible results. But can it really take 7 centimeters off a waist in one week? We asked a physical therapist to explain the phenomenon. He says this simple move is well chosen. The down is a basic squat used by sumo wrestlers. Doing this, you use a lot of the muscles in your inner thighs, which are often very weak because most of us are sitting all the time. Meanwhile, the up has its own merits. It's important not to let the soles of the feet collapse inward or you could injure your joints. This movement is quite important for our legs in maintaining our core strength, especially when you do it very slowly. But the claim that you'll slim down 7 centimeters in just as many days should be taken with a pinch of salt, says Dr. Kang. If you do just these two movements, I think it will be quite hard to lose 7 centimeters, more than 2 inches in a week. But doing more exercise is always useful in any case. This Japanese reality TV show wants to encourage viewers to exercise, which can only be a good thing. But everyone's body is different. Rather than aiming for extravagant weight loss goals, perhaps cultivating long-term habits is enough. Let's head now to Puli Township in Nanto to meet a grandpa who's building the most wonderful contraptions for kids. Xu Yang is an artist and maker who brings the practical and the delightful into one. His latest creation is a rooster-shaped push bike that flaps its wings and crows as you pedal. It's perfect to help Xu's little granddaughter gain strength and confidence in walking. This fabulous rooster opens its mouth as if to crow every time you pedal the bicycle. It runs along the ground and opens its wings too. The rooster bicycle was made from recycled bike parts welded together and propelled by pinion wheels. Everyone loves it. It opens its mouth when you ride along and the wings move. It's amazing. It makes me think of seeing a flock of chickens when I was a kid. Xu Kunyang makes battery-powered lanterns as well as all kinds of art. He's always got creative projects going on at the workshop. His granddaughter was born prematurely and needs physiotherapy for her legs, which is why he built this exercise equipment. And now, the rooster bike. I have a granddaughter who finds it hard to walk, so I made some equipment that can help her with that. Then I started wanting to draw a rooster to make a rooster bike. Xu's creations range across all types of tools and materials. He can make art from anything. Next year is the year of the rabbit, and his granddaughter loves bunnies. So he's now hard at work on an electric bunny tricycle. I use an electric drill that was thrown away because its power cord broke. I got it out, but its motor still works, so I use it to power the rabbit. The making is fun, and it's even more satisfying when all the hard work pays off. Xu's granddaughter is making progress with her walking, step by tentative step. These contraptions are a way for a grandpa to express his love in the most down-to-earth way.